it's been a long time. It's been a long, hot summer. I'm ready. So, what took you so long to, <laughs> to get over here? Um, well, the last several months, I've been riding my bike in 90-degree weather, and that's just not cute. So, got myself a car. Now I'm forever in debt, and sports is starting to rev back up. I mean, that, like, late June to late August doldrums when all you have is the Rockies to look forward to in a mediocre at best season. It's been tough, but the Denverse is back. Uh, we've got some exciting updates and new creative pursuits within the podcast. So it's your boy Quinn and Derek, and we're here to talk about the Denver sports universe. Yes, every week we're going to bring you an update on what's happening here in Denver. Uh, we want this to be an update for everyone that is in Denver, out of Denver, wherever you are. Uh, we want to reach you. Even into the ether. Um, so we're going to get in there. Um, so the Rockies had the worst July of any team since the 1800s. Uh, some, <laughs> some Boston bean town beaner team was worse. Um, and since then, they've just completely fallen apart. Uh, they got swept by the Cardinals last week, um, their big update of the week. Nolan was still looking good. He hit... My dad was watching. He hit two home runs in two different games the two times my dad turned it on TV, and then they lost both those games still. Um, other than that, really the story of the month has been the injury list. Um, starting with David Dahl early in August, uh, Chad Bettis is done for the year with a hip injury. Scott Oberg has a blood clot in his pitching arm. Oh, Broberg. John Gray is done for the year with a foot injury. Kyle Freeland with a groin injury. Ramiel Tapia is on the DL with a hand injury, and Herman Marquez is on the DL with arm inflammation. Plus, they released Chris Iannetta forever. It was it was time. Yes, it was. So oh, wide back. How <laughs> will miss me? Basically, all of the starters, starting rotation at the start of the year has been hurt this month. The one thing that's the worst about this list is all of the bad players aren't getting hurt. The bad players in the bullpen are still there. Brian Shaw isn't on this list. Wade Davis, who has just been terrible, isn't on this list. Wade Davis has hurt something. It has to be a mental something. A dude who was like, he, well, last year he set the Rockies record for saves. And this year, it is such a foregone conclusion when he steps up to the mound that he's going to give up three runs and blow a save. In like depressing fashion, too. It's like, walk the first batter, and then just give up a fat burger to the next one. Um, that, that's, it's really adding, adding injury to insult because the team was already falling apart, even with a healthy roster. Um, but now you just don't even get the excitement of watching the team play for nothing. <laughs> um, and, I mean, the thing is, September's coming up. We have the Broncos and college football. We're hoping that at least September can be – watchable for mm. both of those but you don't have brendan rogers healthy he's done for the year really the prospects for the most part aren't that exciting um sam hilliard came up uh last night um we're recording this wednesday we're not going to update you on the red sox game against the rockies tonight it doesn't matter for no, anybody um he hit a home run in his first at bat as a rocky and you know what i thought when he hit that goodbye blackman oh that hurts 
I mean, I'm not saying that that will be a one-for-one, one, but it's just, it seems more and more likely that Blackman's going away. I did like this last week, uh, Tim Melville was the Rockies' great pitcher. He started the year in the Independent League. He played for the Long Island Ducks, signed the contract with the um, Albuquerque Isotopes in May, and then was brought up. He's a big guy. Um, he pitched five shutout innings at Coors Field on Monday, getting them their one win with Ryan McMahon's walk-off. And McMahon has 68 RBIs as of Monday. That is the second most for a second baseman in team history behind Clint Barmas and Eric Young Sr. Barmas had 76 in 2009. So wow. McMahon's having a nice year for himself. Arenado's having a nice year. Blackman's having a nice year. I would still say Desmond is having... Desmond's having a great year, yeah, comparatively. If you were to tell me that uh, Ian Bla- Ian Desmond is hitting like 250-something? Between 250 and 260. I'm thinking that the Rockies are fighting for the number one wild card spot. That's not the case, but that's really what I was thinking would happen. Or th- saying that like Brian Shaw has had a mildly decent okay year. Yeah, he has not been as bad as last year. Yeah. Not great. Take those two. Well, you take those two factors. I would have assumed in April that the Rockies were doing pretty well. And nope, not at all. Well, we'll, we may or may not lament the Rockies more. I will say they are four wins away from making sure that they do not lose 100 games. They just need four more wins. They have 29 games left. So good luck, Rockies. I like a low bar to start. Um, I promise that after this podcast, there will be more exciting things to talk about. But now we have to talk about the Broncos' fourth preseason game. Hey. Next on the list, no starters played. So it was boring from the start. It's usually the third preseason game, but they were in the Hall of Fame game. And so that's why this is the fourth preseason game. They started no one. So the big storylines, they lost 10-6 to six to the Rams. Mm. Um, Kyle... Uh, Kevin Hogan and uh, Brett Ripien were are fighting for the backup job because Drew Locke is now on. Um, he's ruled out for the beginning of the season, the rookie draftee from this last draft, and he might go on IR and miss the first six to eight weeks of the season. So the Broncos need a backup quarterback. That's it's his wrist though, right? Yeah. If that the only thing, if it complicates him holding the clipboard, because that's all you want him to do anyway. I think that's all the coaches think he can do, but I think they were still going to let him be the backup quarterback. Um, Vic Fangio has not been impressed with either Hogan or Ripian, and there's a chance they're going to bring in some veteran, and neither of them are going to be the Broncos' backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching Hard Knocks. Mike Glennon's neck is as long as ever. I'd like him to be our backup quarterback. So the Broncos play their finale Thursday night uh, against the Cardinals. Um, it's a 7 o'clock start if you literally have nothing else to do. Uh, there are movies out. You can just go for a walk. <laughs> you can take a nap. Like, there are probably... There's a lot of trivia in the Denver metro yes. area. Yeah, go to Geeks Who Drink. I um, think um, Rocky Mountain Arsenal is open again after their bout with the bubonic plague. So there's a lot of options, but if you find yourself watching... The fourth of five preseason games. Yeah, just just don't. So the other thing is the Broncos can't find anyone to catch the ball for their return teams. They currently don't have a kick returner or a punt returner. The big story for the season on special teams has been no one can catch the ball. Um, and they still don't know who's going to be back there. 
Um, I think the coaching staff has decided they're not going to use Philip Lindsay or Emmanuel Sanders. Both of them have done it in the past. I think even Booker's done it in the past. I'm not sure Booker's going to make the team, but that's an area of concern. Maybe because if they, I guess on kickoff returns, they're going to maybe give up touchdowns. They may not give up very many punts. So yeah, we'll see. Um, and then the big NFL news, which happened in the middle of the Broncos preseason game, Andrew Luck suddenly retired from the NFL. That's that's not quite the level I'll remember where I was when I got that news. But as of four days later, I definitely remember where I was and the emotions I felt. That That is like a league shaker right there. Um, when especially talking about all of the controversy with the NFL in terms of injuries. I don't think he is far and away the biggest player in terms of name recognition, talent to retire early. Um, He's retiring two years before Barry Sanders did. And Sanders was a huge deal because he retired 1500 yards short of the record. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am. So luck went to Stanford and my brother went to Stanford and we went to the Fiesta bowl. uh, Lux Lux last year at Stanford. They played against Oklahoma state. They played and lost to Oklahoma State and Brandon Whedon. Whedon at the time was 27, and Luck retires at 29. Yeah, dude. I mean, Bre- Whedon, he's still technically in the NFL, I think, right? He might be. Oh, he might come I don't in know. and take the Yeah, he Broncos could be the Broncos backup. backup. Um, it's, uh, it's sad all around. Um, I, I wish that Luck had been protected and hadn't had these injuries because he was a lot of fun to watch those first couple of years and last year. I think, I mean, we've seen how bad the sports takes have been. Like they've, I don't know. I don't know what sports takes have been worse in recent like months than the Luck ones, just because it was so easy to see what was coming. Just, you know, lazy millennial. Yeah. Oh God. Real people have to work. You don't have to work like all of these things. And it's like, if you the Colts fans are actually booing that man <laughs> as he walks off the field for the last time, Jesus. I mean, sure, as a Colts fan, he's only the third greatest quarterback in your franchise history <laughs> because you had Johnny Unitas, but technically that was in Baltimore, and then Peyton Manning, but still, maybe fourth. Maybe they think uh, Harbaugh was a better quarterback. Well, no, you also can count John Elway because they did draft yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, dude, it's all around terrible. But absolutely support the man and his decision because football is the most strenuous game in the world. And if you're spending like half of your career just rehabbing and you're already rich, yeah, dude, he make an excellent spokesman for Ben Gay and maybe RB sandwiches. Who knows? He'll be fine, but you just have to make the choice to take care of yourself for the long term and certainly not bow to the criticism of Twitter and even though whew, that's so harsh. They they booed that man. They booed him. I um, her, have heard two people say maybe future commissioner of the NFL, Andrew Luck. He has, he has his law degree, or he's going to get his law degree, I think. He's like, or maybe he's in business. I don't know. I don't know what he does, but he, he went to Stanford. Yeah. He's actually smart and he went to Stanford, which sometimes you're like, you went to Stanford because you played football, but I think he's a legitimately smart guy. Yeah, smart, like hedge fund manager, maybe senator. Yeah, who I, knows? He's got a lot of options ahead of him. So, um, 
it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think a lot of, I mean, the other thing about this is the Broncos put Tim Tebow into the game as their starting quarterback in 2011 just so they could draft Andrew Luck, and it didn't work out. <laughs> the Broncos dodged a bullet in a lot of ways because they ended up getting Peyton Manning because of that. And I think the Broncos would have protected him better. Like, they would have actually gone out and got an offensive lineman. But Elway's been terrible at putting a line together. So maybe it would have been the same result. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, we sacrificed Trevor Simeon. And Indy sacrificed a generational player in Andrew Luck. Um, but it, yeah, it just lets you know that it's super fragile. Just, like, your expectations and then what – Dude, 29 years old, he could have become the new face of the NFL because quarterbacks, their shelf life is longer if they can stay protected, but that it becomes a huge if after several concussions, a shredded shoulder and kidney. Um, it's a brutal, brutal sport and made unpunctuated more by all the dudes who don't get a chance to retire because they are going to get cut in the next few days, which is the worst part about the preseason for me, is that you see a dude make a play in game two, and then he gets cut by game four. And to disappear into the could have beens the once-wases, it's, it's humbling, man. The, the Broncos, I thought um, one of their running backs, whose name is Muhammad, played really well in that third preseason game. I don't know if he's going to make the team because I don't follow this sort of thing, but either he or Booker probably isn't going to make the team, and that's just like a hard thing. It's yeah. like a guy that played well. I I mean, the football football is just such a hard sport in so many ways. CU sent out an email in this last week that was a CU gold helmet. It didn't have the logo on it being hit, like bludgeoned by like something you'd see them use it for cars, and it was supposed to show like how concussion protocol works. Like They're working... Uh, CU Denver and the University of Boulder are working together to try to develop a better helmet. But they were using a CU gold helmet. I was like, use a red helmet. Use a green <laughs> helmet. Just don't use the same colors. We don't need that image to be the thing we're seeing in our yeah, newsletter. Yeah, CU's got a great business and marketing school. They should have run that by them. Like, Does that communicate the message that you want? Um, golly. That's tough. But in football news... The Rocky Mountain Showdown, which seems like it's going to be the only highlight of the Colorado college football season. Um, how's that going down? So right now, CU is currently 13-point favorites over CSU. Um, they've won the last four, I believe. They've won since 2014. So, yeah, they've won the last four. Uh, Mike Bobo, coach of CSU, has never beaten CU. And it's been rough the last few years. Two of the, two of the games... CU won by 30 points. I left last year's early, and I never leave sporting events early. It was just <laughs> such a foregone conclusion. Um, it's the last Rocky Mountain showdown at Broncos Stadium at, or Broncos Field at Mile High Stadium. Um, and I think that it may be the last sporting event at Broncos Stadium at Broncos Field at Mile <laughs> High Stadium because they're close on a sponsorship deal. And I believe that some people may have been checking out the stadium today to see what their name would look like on the on the oh, side really? of the building. Yeah. Um, so I I'm excited about this year because Mel Tucker, who was Georgia's coach, is now CU's coach, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Just like I'm excited every time CU gets a new coach. 
Um, LaVisca Chenault, maybe a top 10 draft pick and plays for CU. So oh, this will be his last year. Um, so I'm excited for that. And it's uh, Steven Montez's last year. And there was a time last year where people thought he was going to be a top quarterback prospect for the NFL draft this year. Um, I don't think people think that anymore, but maybe he'll prove everyone wrong. I remember Chenault came out last year like the weapon X on the team. Um, but then, unfortunately, if you're the only, like, even mid-grade weapon on a team, either you get figured out or you just get beat up a lot. He, and was, he was like how great high school teams have that one player. That's how CU played him. They just He ran behind and caught the ball. He ran down the field. He caught it. He'd run a flea flicker. It was just like he was the only player on the field at times. Yeah, dude, like he made everything else slow down. Um well, you see, yeah, how many games is CU projected to win this year? Three and a half. Their over-under is three and a half. So um, this is one of the wins. Um, I think Air Force is another one of the wins. Air Force has struggled the last couple of years. And then some random Pac-12 team. They are not favored to win Nebraska, which is next Saturday. Um, Nebraska is coming into Boulder. At one point last week, Tickets on StubHub started at $450 to go to CU Nebraska. So I think it's going to be like 80% red oh, in boy. Folsom Field. It's going to be rough. Oh, boy. Um, moving to the NBA. Um, wouldn't think there'd be a lot of news there, but there was some news this week. Uh, the first big news, Dwight Howard goes back to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> the, Dwight Howard joins LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the Lakers. The screwiest timeline, man. I love that the ESPN headline said, Howard returns to Lakers with stipulations. <laughs> and it's like they can cut him whenever they want until the new year. Yeah, dude. Which is pretty – I mean, that year where the two MVP candidates were Derrick Rose and Dwight Howard, it is crazy to think what's happened in the last in like the last eight years since then. <laughs> Dwight Howard was the best player in the world at one point. I mean, his shoulders were bigger than basketballs. He he was like Shaq on steroids. Perhaps maybe actually exactly that was the reason. Um, But he was absolutely the most dominant player. But so often your skill set becomes not obsolete, but the league adapted and a dude who just used nothing but his athleticism gets older and never performed a jump shot or wanted to play pick and roll. That's really tough in this very fast-paced league. So it's interesting how he'll adapt if he does under those stipulations. And the other big thing going on right now is the upcoming World Cup in China. And I believe you have some details for us oh, on bro. the World Cup. I'm pretending to be super excited about the FIBA World Cup. Um in the last few years, it's become cool as for an American to root for FIFA in soccer. Um, and soccer is the world sport. We talk nothing about football here in America, but the rest of the world, it's like cricket and soccer. Um, and the World Cup is an amazing opportunity for the countries to come together, and you watch sports at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's a beautiful thing. Thus far, the... Basketball World Cup has not attracted as much 
attention or excitement. But this is a really interesting year. We got three Nuggets representing um, Spain, Juancho Hernan Gomez. With his brother. They're both starting. Yeah, with his brother Willie. I watched their team. I don't, I'm like, I have Juancho. I really am hoping for you, dog. Um, that should be a cartoon in Spain. Just Juancho and Willie. Yeah, the, the Hernan Gomez boys balling out. Um, interesting to watch. Spain is one of the front runners. And then we have... It's weird. We're going to go with the U.S. first because that's not the biggest story. Um, Mason Plumley on the U.S. team, which... This is the first year the U.S. team is not a lock to win by 30 points. Watching the games, they're still a lock to win by five. But if you're a lock to win by five, it means that competition is close on your heels. Plumley, God bless him. He's one of the best backup centers in the league. But usually you don't get the best backup center to play for your country. But everybody of note decided that this year was not a year to play in the World Cup. Um, much like... There's parity in the NBA for the first time in a long time, and there's parity in the World Cup. The U.S. team has some great players, but no one who can take over the game like a LeBron James or, weirdly, a Carmelo Anthony, who was just like the god in international basketball. Um, Do you think that they went to Greg Popovich and they were like, so, mellow, and then he just cut them off and was like, like, it had to be him, right, who said no mellow? It, it had to be, but it was really sad because Mellow was like, yeah, I want to play for the... U.S., and then they're like, we have no interest in bringing him in. When everyone else was like, nah, sorry, I can't do it, Chief. I uh, got the NBA season to look forward to. So it's an interesting time to be a U.S. basketball fan because you actually need to watch the games now. They're not going to get beat by Angola or the Maldives, but you have Spain. And then, of course, team that might be the front runner, Serbia, backed up by our boy Nikola Jokic, um, so we got three Nuggets players. Jokic, he's not playing as many minutes. He's actually coming off the bench, even though he's far and away the best player in the Nuggets. Um, he's used sparingly, but you can see the flashes of why he's become the darling in our hearts. And I think a lot of Nuggets fans, even American Nuggets fans, are rooting for Serbia just to get him on the world stage. But it's just a really interesting time to be able to watch FIBA basketball because, um, one, it's always cool just to see a team like South Korea just play basketball. It's like, <laughs> that's weird. But <laughs> you've got the top front runners, I think, France, Spain, Serbia, the U.S. It's going to be a really competitive tournament, and that starts on Saturday. And it's the only sports on Saturday. So I think it's worthwhile to pretend that you care about international basketball for a few weeks do some themed parties i watched the women's world cup and we had we had a french brunch for the semifinals i believe so do that for basketball argentina croatia weird cool things um so i have an added thing because i forgot about this oh, so man. i was going to listen to the post game with andy lindahl on altitude just because i wanted to see what he was going to say for a few minutes i turned it on and the rapids were finishing their game in salt lake city Ooh. the game was tied zero zero in extra time and they called a penalty shot it was salt lake city got the penalty shot it was up against uh what's his name the goalie tim howard tim howard his last game in salt lake city his big rival they score 
everyone's going nuts on the rapid side because they're like, that shouldn't have been a penalty. I don't even remember what it was. Salt Lake City scored again in extra time. And then that was the coach's last game. They replaced him with a full-time coach. That was the end of his career as the Rapids coach. So it's just like when you think things can't get worse, they do for the Rapids. They can get worse. I'm going to think like the big story is not FIBA, as excited as I am for it. The big story is things can get worse. Derek, what the hell is happening in contract negotiations between altitude and our cable carriers i'm really hoping that by the time you listen to this we're going to post it on thursday morning this has all been resolved you can just skip this part um but currently altitude tv which hosts all the Cronky properties they even send their crew out to do the rams preseason games and they have altitude radio but that's not on tv obviously they do not have a deal with Comcast. They do not have a deal with Dish Network, and they do not have a deal with DirecTV. So as of right now, the Nuggets and Avalanche will not be on TV locally. They will be blacked out if, uh, if this isn't resolved. Basically, TV disputes are dumb for a lot of reasons. It used to be, some of you may remember this time, that cable was the only way to watch anything. And then the internet came around and people started cutting cords. Us millennials were <laughs> like, we're not going to pay for cable. No, you for, you forgot the very important like four-year period where satellite dishes were a thing and then cable companies would just run commercials talking about how shitty satellites are. That Those days are over now. Yes. And this was at the time where ESPN thought that their subscriber base was going to grow forever, so they just kept charging more and more fees. Um. Everyone was going crazy. All the cable companies were going crazy. And now you got Roku. You've got people just watching Netflix. You have the Sling TVs. You have the Reddit streams where you can just watch whatever you well, want. NBA streams got cut off. But there are 1,001 Russian dudes who will set up a stream for you that you can find through the not dark web, but the dim web. There's a lot of options Sports out there. Row FirstRowSports.uk was my red zone of college. Mm, mm. Um, so basically, Altitude wants a percentage of, let's say Comcast. Let's just go with Comcast. This is complicated, so I'm going to try to explain it. Let's say Comcast charges you $100 a month for cable. Altitude wants a percentage of that money to go to them. They want a higher percentage of money than these cable companies want, and so that's what this dispute is. My main thing is... and. As Dish Network said, only 5% of their subscribers watch more than a full game a week, which is a lot. Like, that, that's actually a lot of money. Um, but I don't know. I'm, it's a worthwhile amount of money to, like, if your investment were to grow by 5%, that's pretty good. Yeah. And if you're losing 5%, that's dumb, especially when I want to watch my Nuggets. The first time I've had cable in years. And the I mean, Nuggets are highly rated in most power rankings to be like at lowest fourth seed in the West. It's going to be such a great season. And now they want to mess around with stupid contracts. I hate cable. I don't watch cable. Like they'll offer you 500 channels. That'll be the selling point. I watch like half of ESPN, the Nuggets, the Rockies. The Broncos, which is also weird because, like, now you have to have cable to watch any TV because there's no such thing as 
just analog. Yeah, you can get the receiver, but it doesn't work. Like, you have to get a separate thing. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. I will say on the on the cable side, I would say that Altitude does a terrible job programming when there isn't a game on. If they would even just show classic Nuggets and Avalanche games, I would be watching their channel on off hours because I feel like there isn't enough of that. Totally. If you were just putting in a 2002 game right when Carmelo came, I guess 2003 game, I would watch that. That sounds like fun. That sounds better than their paid programming they put on there. On the cable side, also, I guess this is also an argument on the cable side, Altitude could make money on commercials, but they're not doing a good job on the programming. On the Altitude side, the only reason to have cable is to watch live sports, as you were saying, like live events, live sports, and the other things you could get somewhere else if you wanted to, the Oscars. There are lots of ways to watch the Oscars. Yeah. And all of these leagues need to drop the blackouts because we should be allowed to just buy NBA TV for the season. Uh, what's it called? In league Pass? League Pass. We should just be able to buy League Pass and watch the Nuggets whenever oh, we want. Oh, it's so stupid. It's it, so stupid. Because if we don't get to watch the Nuggets games on Altitude, we still can't watch the Nuggets games on NBA League Pass. And that's why I'm going to somewhere on the dim web and w- waiting for Vasily or whomever to create a stream for me. And then I feel like, oh, I'm breaking the law. It's wrong. Well, if you make it impossible for me to enjoy my and the thing is, those weird Ukrainian strains, uh, streams are clearer and faster than League Pass. It's like, I don't, I'm, we're, we, we're millennials, we don't have money, but we waste money. Just give me an option, just a quick app that I can press three buttons, not think about how much money I'm spending, and I will watch every game. I already do. Like, I will suffer through a lot of annoyances, like buffering. To watch a game, just make it easy for me, please. Well, with that, I know some of you may not be able to see Nuggets and Avs games where you are, but we appreciate you listening to the Denver's. Thank you. Shout out to the Australians who are going to have an easier time watching the Nuggets than us. Until next time. Bye. Bye.